Coming to you live, this is your MTG Action 4 News Team. Hello, this is MTG Action 4 News. Your news team for keeping things fresh in the multiverse. I'm Mr. Commodore Provide, providing you new ways to lose your friends. Then we have Big Tuck, your breaking news source. Yes, and because I've never seen the movie that this is quoted from, I was completely out of line for it, but I'll leave it goes something like... This podcast is the stuff that dreams are made of. Mm-hmm. Squeamy Gee getting caught up on meta traffic with the Weatherlight Report. Oh, I'm bringing you the beat on the street. Then we have the head of CMD Tower himself. And the Witherbloom Druids will take Mr. T! <laughs> well, looks like he just got drafted first overall in the Manador competition, so he's moved on to bigger and better things. Wow. Excellent, oh, nice excellent, bit. excellent bit nice work. Bit. What is that? Ace bit, as, as mm -hmm. Tuck would say? A real ace bit. Thank you for tuning in to your number six source of Magic the Gathering news. There is still time to continue to nominate us for our Emmy Cruels. Keep it going. They now have posted. You have to be in the top six, and Woo. then voting will commence. So mtgcca.org. Mm. Go vote for us uh, for best uh, small podcast, for best MTG personalities, uh, you know, maybe the uh, best beer drinkers, whatever categories Hashtag that you think we can loosely fit into. let's continue to be sixth place. Yes, every year. Heck, you could even nominate Unko AJ for the best meme work on the planet. Ooh. I mean, his meme work is better yeah, than the podcast by awesome. far. Agreed. But one cannot come without the other in similar scope to Thunder and Lightning. Pretty sure you'd have Thunder without Lightning. No, it always yeah. comes before Lightning. No, no, I don't know if you can. Anyways, that's for a different know. cast. <laughs> our, our new our new cast, Elemental Wonderings. <laughs> I guarantee there's a magic cast called that out there. <laughs> we are going to start off the top of the cast of Ladies in Carnage that ensued with... 45. So the game I want to talk about, once again, third week in a row, IRL. It was great. This time it was a three pod, though, um, but it was nice. It was uh, me, the goad, and the godfather. Uh, you could say it was MGG. Uh, uh, uh. And so I was playing my Empress Galena deck uh, featured on a Bruise and Builds many moons ago. And I don't get to play this deck over camera because it deals with, you know, I'm, it's a 75% deck. I'm playing my opponent's decks. Right. And that's just too complicated to do. That's a pain here. in the ass. So, uh, I haven't got to play it in almost a year. So I was very excited to play it. Uh, the Goad debuted his Belladris the Witherbloom, mm. which is a new legendary Elder Dragon from Strixhaven Commander sets, or just Strixhaven. Uh, it's five colorless Golgari flying at the beginning of each upkeep. Create a one-one black-red, uh, black-green pet creature token with, when this creature dies, you gain a life, pay 10 life, untap all lands you control, activate this only once each turn. And then the Godfather was playing his uh, Gerard Weatherlight Captain Boros Boardwipe dot deck. So, Game went off swimmingly for me. Turn one, Leyline of Anticipation. Oof. Play to land. Wow. I had a Soul Ring in hand, but I held held it. Hey, end of your turn, I flash in Soul Ring. I think I got Galena down turn three. <laughs> and basically, the Goad refused to play his commander, because I would just steal it. Oh, I also got that uh, uh, Penem's Aura on it, so I could pay a single blue and untap Empress Galena, play two blue, steal something else, and I could just kind of do that as often as I wanted. And then uh, the Godfather, he didn't really understand what was going on, but he was just like playing stuff and kind of hitting me. Sounds about right. <laughs> uh, but you know, the, the go, go definitely filled him in. I kid you not, boys, 
Turn six through 13. All I drew were lands. Ooh. We're, we're talking. And so I kept holding. I, one impressive that it went just straight six through 13. That's yeah. how it turns. But that's the thing is that the goad was like, I'm not going to play anything from my hand or my commander. You'll just take it. And right. it got to the point where I had so much mana to where I could just, I could steal three, four or five things a turn if I wanted to. Uh-huh. Um, and so turn six through 13 didn't get anything. Those guys finally, because they kept thinking I had counter magic up, which I didn't. And so finally they're like, well, we got to do something. And I think I had just drawn a counter spell. So I countered, but then they got rid of my Galena. Uh, and then they uh, got rid of me and killed me. <laughs> and then I think the game actually went on for another hour after that, maybe hour and change. So it was a longer yep. game. But I will say it was cool to see a deck be so controlly without actually doing anything controlly. Right. I didn't play any stacks pieces. It was just like, hey, I could steal something if I if you guys play a legend. Um, but then it was also cool to see how the goads deck, after basically 13 turns of doing nothing for the most part, other than just trying to establish his board. Oh, he played his commander. I just went off, off. the races. Yeah. I, I do know that, uh, you know, the Godfather ended up winning out just damage. And, you know, wow. he the Godfather was spreading the love around mm -hmm. throughout that midsection of the game. Uh, but yeah, it was it was great to play in real life, uh, and it was nice because each of us actually got a victory that day, which will play very nice into oh, what's the play, Chase. So yeah, Sweet McGee. Any games that you would like to talk about? No games, just a, a short tidbit. Essence Warden, dive through your common binders. It's trending towards eight dollars. Jesus, that's all I got. All right, Unreal. Big Tuck. Have you been able to jam any games? I did. I got to play two games this week, or last week, rather. Um, I got on with Scooty Shuffles and his friend Brad from Chicago, and then uh, Rackety Moss uh, came on. And we played That's two games. Rocketing Moss, sir. Rocketing Moss, thank you. Um, I, we played two games, um, and there wasn't anything too crazy that happened with them. Um, I will say that I played my budget, my budget deck, my Pirates deck, which we'll be talking about in a week from... Friday, I think, time stream continuum. And it actually, yep. it competed pretty well. Um, Scott was playing the out-of-the-box Paco pre-con. I don't remember what the other one is, but um, it was still very good. And I lost to Paco because I could not draw a creature removal spell. And he just kept slamming into me with him in Lightning Graves. Brad was playing a pre-con, one of the Simic ones that did Simic stuff. And then Ross was playing... I don't remember, but um, it was a fun game. It was just fun to play because I haven't done it in like a month. But I wanted to bring this up. So I decided to be environmentally friendly with my Commander 2021 purchase. So when I got them, I got the ones that were like limited cardboard and everything. They just send you in like a little box as opposed to like the big thing with all that. I shit. didn't know that was a choice. It's a choice. However, where they dropped the ball is um, they ship them all individually. So now I got five decks that are all in this packaging here that all look, <laughs> that all look like they all look like this. So uh, I'm not again. I'm not some sort of a supply and demand or some sort of Greenpeace advocate, but it seems to me that they still need some improvement on that. It would appear that you bought those off the back of a truck. Yeah, those seem stolen. 
<laughs> they, they're through yeah, you, didn't actually get, you didn't actually get Magic the right. Gathering. You got Fagic the Bathering. Yeah, that was like, had I ordered a bunch of Chinese proxies of the new decks, I would assume they would they, show they, up. They are like from that. they are from a noted um, anti squee corporation, which will continue to go nameless. <laughs> anti squee corporation or squeeze right, anti like them. All right, well, that's going to wrap up 40 Life at a Dash. Now to cover what's going on in your local multiverse. What's the plane chase? So last week when we talked with Sheldon, I think we did bring up something that I, I feel is pretty unique to our play styles and our play group is that when we try to get together, we really try to play because a lot of people have a lot of decks that they don't get to see that often, especially when they're playing once or twice a week. So mm-hmm. what we kind of wanted to talk about today is playing multiple games in a row. So normally when we get together, like Mr. Combo said, you're, we're getting at least three, four, maybe five games in. And I think that that I think that playing that style requires a little bit different of a methodology in terms of play styles, in terms of decks, in terms of how to best kind of enjoy it, as opposed to some people, like when I was in Chicago, or Chicago, if you will, here we go. Where you, know, where you know that we're going in and only playing one or two games um, a pop. So we have a few we have a few questions here that we can go round table. Um, I don't really know if we need to talk about this idea in general because we all done it. But um, Mr. Combo, do you have anything to say about like before we ha- hop into these questions? Do you have anything to say about like playing multiple games in a row? I know that's your preferred style. Yeah. Um, you know, I I'm a big you know some people are hey I just want to sit down and play a game whether it's you know an hour two hours, three hours. Heck, I think the Commander Smiths have talked about something they've had a four-hour game. That's just not my life. Um, A, that doesn't sound fun in general, because usually if games go that long, that means that there's lots of board wipes, lots of resets, um, or just someone's playing a Karn deck and keeps resetting the game without a way to win the game. Yeah, a lot of sitting around looking at each other, if you will. And so, you know, it's like, I like games to be in that... 50 minutes to an hour and a half, hour 40 tops kind of sweet spot. So that way we can play another game because then you get a new experience. Commander's a singleton format. Most likely that second game, even if you play the same deck, you won't even see the same cards. So I, I that's my big thing, but sometimes, and this will kind of get into the navigating the multiple games water that we're going to be talking about. Sometimes people will lose a game, get real salty, mm-hmm. and then go to like the most hardcore yeah. deck they can. And then it's like, well, is that really the best way we should be evaluating this? Like, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe we don't carry our feelings over in this hobby that we play to where you just now need to kick everyone's teeth in. Squee, what about you? I know you're kind of you're you're more in the middle of multiple games in a row town. I, actually, I would say I'm more of a binge gamer. Okay. Um, if I'm going to sit down and actually like block out some time to play some games, I'm going to block out most of a day, really. Um, I, I, I don't, and, and this, I've been very vocal about this. I don't love the online gaming stuff. I don't love the, mm-hmm. the streaming webcam magic. It's not my thing. Um, and, and even Sheldon alluded to this in the episode previous week to this, uh, I really like the interaction, the 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 time to just yeah. spend with a bunch of people. So if I'm going to go and play Magic, I would prefer to do so. Maybe I play like my ideal range is like three to six games. Give or take. And in what kind of time period? Because three uh, to six games, that can mean a lot of things. Yeah. I, I think I think I max out at about like five or six hours. So like 
if we get a bunch of games in that time period, maybe there's a bunch of short games, that's fine. If I get three games that are two hours long, that's also fine to me. Uh, but I would normally, if I'm going to sit down and play magic and be in person, like I want to dedicate at least six hours of my time where I'm not worried about trying to go somewhere else or do something else. Not distracted. I want to be there for those kind of games. And then whatever comes out of those games is fine to me, but, but I want to block out that amount of time and be able to play and be present for, I'd say six hours is kind of my sweet spot. Yeah. And Tuck, uh, before you go real quick, because we actually did something really cool. I think it'd be good if all of us said, you know, at, at the end of our soliloquy, um, what's your ideal time and how many games to get in that time? Because that's very applicable. Yeah. So for me, if we just go off the five hours, I want to get five games in. Interesting. I, right. I, I want to be able to do a game an hour because I feel like that's enough time to get to like the turn seven or eight. Everyone's been able to see what their deck does. And now it's like, okay, how the hell are we ending this shindig? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I would say I'm more in like the three in a five hour period. And the reason why is like, I feel for me, I do like play multiple games in a row, especially when you have like, like you and I, Mr. Combo, have a gazillion decks, right? And being able to see them. The only thing that I've seen that frustrates me in the past or that I don't like about like the super rapid fire is that sometimes you like have a deck that you really want to see and the game's over before you can even like dive into that deck and you're already like shuffling and going again. Now you can just play that deck yeah. again. But that to me doesn't necessarily prove the point. I will say this though, and I completely agree that like two games over a five hour is way too slow, right? One game over a four hour is way too slow. Um, And I do think that there is some variance in the sense that if you're playing a very interactive game that goes on for two hours, it doesn't feel like two hours. But if you're playing a game that's a complete slog fest or board wipe dot game or like stacks, then that could definitely feel like it runs a little longer in the tooth for me personally. So um, okay. I, I thought we could talk about like three kind of things and we'll save the one that's the most fun and that I know Mr. Combo is going to have a lot of real life experience to talk about, which I can't wait, <laughs> both as the player and the other one. So the first one I want to talk about is how do you choose what decks to bring for this sort of multiple game thing, knowing that you're not just going to play one or two. Um, and I'll go first with this. So when I look at all my decks, I kind of evaluate them as we've talked about on this podcast in a few different ways, right? There's certain decks I own, like your Prashas, Breas, Perforoses of the world that I know are just inherently strong. So usually I try to bring like one of those decks and we'll get into like why I might bring that deck here in a little bit. But I usually bring like one deck that I know this deck's really strong. This deck I know can whoop some ass if I need to. Then I usually choose between like three and four decks that are decks I actually like. Like a good example is like Queen Marquesa. I bring that almost every time. Actually, both Marquesas are good examples. I bring one of those almost every single time because they're decks that I understand, I know, are pretty fun, are pretty interactive. Um, So I kind of fill in with like, that's the majority of the decks I bring. are ones that I like, ones that I know well, ones where I'm not going to have to sit and think for a long time. And then I'll usually bring like a one or two fringe decks, which might be a deck I just built, a deck that I'm still working out the kinks on, a deck I know that isn't probably going to win, but I need to get the reps in, um, just to kind of float with the different power levels at the group. So for me, I usually bring about six decks most times if I'm going to an event that's not in my house away from away from where we're at. Now, Mr. Combo, I'm interested to hear you because it's been quite some time that you had to pack decks up and take them anywhere. <laughs> if I can, if I can remember correctly. 
Uh, that, that would be accurate. So if you had uh, to, what, what do you think? How what like what kind of decks would you choose, and how would you choose them? So I use a pirate lab bag. So mm-hmm. uh, so for me, I bring twelve decks anywhere I go. Um, sometimes I could cram fourteen in there if it's like the smaller deck boxes. Yep. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, so let's just go off a of twelve. I always bring my CEDH deck just in case. I always bring my uh, God deck because it's fun, it's blingy, yeah. it's kind of... Kind of a show-off piece, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then usually after I do those two, the other 10, I actually try to filter between all the different mana bases. Mm. So I try to bring a couple one color, a couple two color, a couple three color, you know, and then how do I fill in the gaps from there? Okay, well, you know, do I bring my Atraxa deck or do I count my CEDH as a four color deck? And so maybe I just go on and add another three, two or one color. Um, And so that's usually how I do it is let's get your super competitive stuff done. And then let's have your show off bling deck. That could be my God deck. That could be my Atraxa deck. Um, Heck, that could be my Game of Thrones deck. And then after that, I need so many one color, so many two color, so many three color, and then just try to fill in the gaps from there. Um, I don't really worry about power level so much because I feel like when I choose based on the colors that I want to fill in, I'm going to naturally pick something that's probably good and some that are naturally like funny, like, oh, for my mono color, I mean, none of them are really overpowered, but let's just say like my Shirai deck's my best monocolor deck. Like I may grab that, but then I may grab Vehicle Tribal. Yeah, right, like, yeah, yeah. Why not? Right, yeah. Or even my Neheb decks, like not that great, but I may grab that. But it's just, I think naturally I have enough variety between decks within the colors to just grab what I want and I will naturally have gotten probably a good deck and then probably something funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, Squee, I know you have fewer decks to choose from. So, when you're grabbing your decks, which ones do you usually grab? So, I I do have six total completed decks right now, uh, teetering on seven. I was hoping you were going to say teetering on like fifty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know that that is the crack cocaine. That is Magic the Gathering. So it, it could <laughs> potentially get there. Uh, however. Uh, I generally travel with all of my decks. Now, where I will kind of alter from the original question of what decks do you choose to take with you to a game, since I always travel with all of my decks, it'll be what decks do you choose to play during a given Mm. game. So I I generally operate in what decks do I want to play in a given game out of the decks that I have, because I always have them with me. It's like I always put them in a backpack. I've got... A couple deck boxes is pretty easy to travel with. Um, And as far as the decks that I have, they're generally in the range of a couple of them are not CEDH, but they're pretty competitive. Like they can keep up. They can play with a a pretty good group of decks. I have a couple decks that are in the mid range and I have a couple decks that are in the low to mid range. Uh, But more important to me, I, I tend to play with what I'm most interested in that week. So it could be, and and I think the last couple of times that I've played in Mr. Combo's house has been playing the same deck a couple times in a row just oh, to get sure. a feel for yeah. it. Uh, where I'll play Anawan a couple of times. Like I built that one and I wanted to get a feel for it. I hadn't played it much. I don't have experience. So I wanted to go to that 
yeah, I was there for six hours and I played Anawan for six hours. And to me, that was awesome because then I could get multiple different perspectives of feedback towards that deck versus just playing it once and saying, well, that failed. And then I didn't really see anything else. And I don't know what to do with this where I could be like, okay, well, it failed this game against XYZ decks for this reason. And then next game, it succeeded because I got this combo. So then I need to figure out how I can make that combo work a little mm-hmm. bit better. Or how do I like bring that to the board more prevalently? No, um, no. And, and then I do have, and, and I think kind of to your point earlier, Tuck, like some people do every once in a while have that like game where you, the, and I really do. I want to win a game. Like when I go to play, yeah. I would like ideally to win one game one, I don't, yeah. like if i win two three four epic day if i win a game good day if i win no games pretty normal day that's just how it goes <laughs> right um but i would like to win at least one game so every once in a while i get a little kind of spidey or whatever and sure. you know you lost three or four in a row Sure, we'll bring out Reese. We'll bring out whatever we need we'll, to. We'll talk, to I'm going like, to cut you off there because we'll, we'll talk about that just here in a second. Fair, fair, fair. fair. So, yeah, so, so hey, I, I bring all of my decks and I try to choose them uh, just generally how I'm feeling that day. Mostly, though, I choose my decks that I play on what I want to improve the most. Yeah. Nice. Well, I'm going to keep you. I'm going to keep you talking here, Mr. Squee, because I'm curious, it's Mr. Big Squee, sir. Correct. Excuse me, Mr. Big Squee, MBS. Um, I'm curious to think. Uh, I'm curious to wonder what play styles do you think facilitate getting in multiple games in a single session better or best? Also, before Squee, you answer, Chuck. You know, you just did a redundant statement. What's that? I'm curious to wonder. I'm curious. I'm curious <laughs> to wonder. So I walked over. To, I walked over to the ATM machine, and I was curious to wonder what my balance, what my bank account balance was. <laughs> Not. I wonder what my balance is, or I'm curious what my balance is. I am curious to, to wonder. wonder. So your curiosity is, huh? I wonder. I can't, wonder? Do I have the time to even contemplate what's in here? <laughs> It, it almost sounds like you're curious to wonder what the balance of the cash that is sitting exactly. in your bank account well, might actually wonder, add up to in the end. I'm curious to wonder what you, what you think are the best play styles to facilitate multiple games, sweet. Mr. Combo's play style. Aggressive? Answer. Done. <laughs> uh, be aggressive, play, play heavy cards, try and win the game as fast as you possibly can, and... I mean, I, that seems pretty self-explanatory to me. Um, now, that being said, there are some caveats to that because people, as Mr. Combo knows, recognize this and tend to kill that player first. And then the other three players tend to drag on on this hour long, uh, two hour long <laughs> game. Right. So I don't necessarily know if that's the most conducive to a fast game. Uh, I would say your mid-level power decks like a seven and eight. Like if you bring those decks to the table, they don't have the infinite combo out. They don't have the, all right, third turn, fourth turn, I'm going to tutor for this. And then unless anybody has an answer, game over. That's not going to happen. But I would say a good mixture of your deck has removal but not to an egregious extent. You do have removal, but sparingly. You have some creature removal, some enchantment removal, some artifact removal, blah, blah, blah. Uh, But you don't have 
removal in your hand at all times, ready to play at all times, holding mana up at all times. So I, I would say decks in the mid-level power range would, would make for the fastest, like a 7, 8, teetering on a 9, but 9 gets pretty powerful mm -hmm. and there's a lot of really good stuff when you get to that power level, at least in my opinion. So I would say like a 7 and an 8 will generally put the game at a speed where it could be done in an hour, it could be done in 30 minutes, but the in-between is kind of on the rest of the players. Mr. Combo, your rebuttal. Uh, my rebuttal is uh, he's absolutely correct, except for saying that a nine is kind of powerful. No, nine is powerful. Not many decks ever hit 10. Yeah. Sevens and eights are not mid-level. I was going to say, seven and eights seem pretty strong. powerful. <laughs> Those are strong yeah. decks. Four through six is like your mid-tier. So we got to correct that first. This is a whole new plane chase on, on power level creep. I don't even know where I am right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Whose pants am I wearing? What day is it? Uh, so... I agree that my play style is the best one to facilitate quick games. But what I mean by that is it's the type of decks that I play, not necessarily how I actually approach the game. Because there are games where I sit tight. There are mm -hmm. games where you I'm not living in the red collective. zone. He sits tight. Yeah, I, I don't actually have a lot of decks that like to attack. Um, I, w I like to win off of other ways. So the, the way that you get multiple games facilitated is you do not play control. Control <laughs> is the number one way. Yes. If that's your deck's sole focus, yeah. and the great person to throw under the bus is Hamburger Demon Poop and his Grand Arbiter Augustine the Fifth. I hate that deck, deck. or fourth. <laughs> I've um, only played it yeah, once. Stacks. It. Now, do you agree that control and stacks can be two peas in a pod in this in this conversation? I, I yeah. believe that stacks is control. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure that you weren't going to be like, now stacks on the other hand. I'm like, I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> no. Um, so, the, and I, for the most part, I only have one deck that is a control stacks type of deck. I have a 75% mono blue deck where I'm going to play what you mm -hmm. play with. So I guess the game's only going to go as fast as the stuff you give me. Sure. But every other of one of my decks, I really don't care what you're doing. I'm trying to do my thing. Now, you will not get multiple games with your table if you are infinite comboing on a turn five or less type deal because they just won't want to play with you. Right. It takes a while to shuffle yeah. 100 cards and make sure you have a good hand, reset life totals, figure out who's going first. I mean, starting an EDH game isn't as simple as just sitting yeah. down and like, okay, let's the go. Button, there right? is some prep you have to do. Not to mention so, the other players really didn't do anything. Yeah, and so that's the number one way you get your multiple games. Make sure in the decks that you're bringing to a table are ones that are conducive to let the flow happen. And whatever happens, happens. You can play your counter spells, that's fine. Mm -hmm. You can do your land destruction, that's okay. But you need to have a plan with what you're doing, not just do it until maybe you get an in one card combo at the bottom of your library, like tutor for the damn thing. Yeah. You know, Some people build decks to make other people concede, and those are usually the games that go on for ever and just take a long time yeah so long story short it's not on how you play it's actually more on how the deck is playing 
Uh, I, I agree with both you guys, and I think the way that I can most concisely say this is if you want to play decks that where you can get multiple games in, you need to play decks that have ways to win. Whether that's through combat damage, whether that's through infinite yep. combos, whether that's through giant X spells, if you want to play multiple games in a row, your decks need to be able to win. Where some of these games get dragged out, if like if people are just playing removal, or they're just kind of sorting it out. That's how these things sort of happen. So I do agree that I do agree with you both that Mr. Combo's decks usually have a pretty streamlined way to win, and that's how you can kind of churn through a lot of these decks yeah. and a lot of these games into multiple sittings. So last question, and this is the one that I think is going to be the most interesting to hear about is playing multiple games in a row. Not every deck is built different. Not every deck is built the same. Not every person plays the same way. But when, if ever, do you feel that it's, that it's appropriate to power up or power down the decks that you're playing? And what can be some of the consequences of that? Mr. Combo, I know you have the most to say about this, so I'm going to give you the floor right out the gates. <laughs> so I don't think I've ever powered down a deck. No! Like, going into game two. Unless I started off game one with my CEDH deck, then sure, I powered down for game two. But honestly, <laughs> I don't think I ever have. Um, and it's not because I'm a degenerate and I want to win every game because I do want to win every game. I was going to say, are you uh, sure? Most, most of the time, I have to power up my decks because I'll sit down and be like, oh, friends are here or some rando. Yeah. I'll pull out my shitty Golgari deck. That's probably still a six or seven. Uh, but then I just get stomped and it's like, well... I didn't get to contribute anything to that but, game. But to your so, point, okay. you also do off you you often offer the the random deck scenario where you'll play a random deck of yours that may not no, be. No, I most never powerful. do that. I play random decks of other people's. Oh. I, don't, I don't ever play a random deck of mine. Oh well, I've learned something today. So you know, because that's usually what happens is I am conscious of the fact that I do build very good decks. And uh, like, for example, when the goad was over and he has this brand new uh, dragon deck, well, not dragon, but that Witherbloom dragon deck. Well, you're right, it's, it's Dargan, like, okay. but that's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're uh, correct. You know, initially, I think it might have been like my Yarok deck was up next in like a quote unquote rotation or maybe Kalia. And I was like, oh, I don't know that, you know, Yorok can, you know, both of those decks can get out of control really, really quick. And I'm sure he wants to be able to play it, yeah. but, and I, cause I know he's screaming right now at his speaker or at his headphones. I'm not trying to just let him do whatever he wants. I still want to be able to do something. Hey, you have this cool new deck. Let me play your cool new deck with my Empress Galena deck. That does seem uh, awfully, so, an awfully mean choice. <laughs> so, but you know, but then like, you know, game two, I just went to my enchantment deck. Yeah. It was like, hey, that wasn't a good pairing. Yeah. Let's go with my enchantment deck. I ended up like winning a bunch. And then I can't remember what the last deck I played was, if it was like a meme deck or not. Um, but th that's the biggest thing is if you notice that your deck and you, everyone knows their deck better than anyone else. So I do not know, uh, squeeze Reese deck better than him. I do not know Tux's, uh, also didn't bring up deck my Reese deck better than him. Just a thought. So it's not fair for me to say your deck is too powerful for what we're doing. You should do something different. You have to evaluate that stuff yourself. Yeah. So I think it's very, it takes a lot of self-awareness to know, oh, I sat here and I was playing my Empress Galena deck 
And uh, the GOAT even admitted at the end of the game, like, I would have won the game if I hadn't drawn eight lands in a row and nothing else. Uh, and I knew leaving that game, okay, my deck wasn't underpowered. It's just I had bad draws. Mm -hmm, right. let's, let's just move on to something that I would consider comparable, which was my enchantment deck. I feel like they're relatively the same power level sure. within one of each other. Versus if you sit down at a table and it's my Empress Galena deck with a Gitrog monster deck, um, you know, a Vile Smasher Thrasios deck and whatever else, you know, competitive deck you want to think of, a Najila of, of the Blade, it's like, oh, I am clearly outclassed here. Let me upgrade this deck into something a little bit more powerful. Or the other three players could say, holy crap, man, this this guy does not have a deck that can handle us. Let us take our notch down a level. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of that whole rule, rule zero communicate. I'm not like, I don't think it's something that we all need to like cry about. But no. I just think you need self-awareness to know that whatever, when that game ends, did my deck perform as it should have and I still just got super outclassed so I yeah. need to get something a little bit better or ask them to play something a little bit weaker or did I just get bad draws? And you know what? I feel like my power level is on par with this table. Let me grab one of the other decks out of my bag that I That's think- That's similar in scope, yeah, sure. Um, Squee, what do you think about that? So, I, I've, I've taken a, a slightly different strategy towards this whole thing especially during the pandemic because I didn't get to play in person very often and I'm hoping to do so soon. I'm going to try and refinagle my work schedule where I can actually show up and play in person and do so. But when I did get the opportunities to play in person, I allowed everybody else to pick what decks that I played. And that's really what I'm trying to do is just appease the table the most where the game is going to be the most fun for everyone including myself uh not necessarily and i i do like to win games it, it feels wonderful to win a game however I, I it's more important to me to sit down at a table kind of like sheldon talked about last week sit down at a table play a game of magic spend some time with some people for whatever time frame we're talking about in this podcast, which could be anywhere from 30 minutes to two hours, just like spend some time with some friends, play some games, like see some weird things happen, see some random occurrences go on and, and go from there. So my approach to that ha has really been laissez faire, if you will. Um, I think I'm, I think I, I'm agree with both you guys. My big thing is if people want to play big boy decks, kind of like what Mr. Combo was talking about, um, if they want to play big boy decks, then I can also play big boy decks. And I don't expect you to be upset when my big boy deck beats yours. Um, yep. at the same, at the same time, it's like, if people are in there and they're trying to play something that's a little more basic, they're a little newer to the game. Then I also think it's like a hollow victory. If I just bring out Prosh or whatever, and just like curb something. So sure, I think yeah. it is, I, I definitely, I agree with both of you that it doesn't exist in a vacuum, right? It's not just your choice of what decks you choose. It really has to deal with the people that you're playing with and what they are trying to get out of the game too. So my opinion, as long as you're kind of helping facilitate what they are also trying to get out of the game, unless they're being completely unreasonable, I think it's all in the clear. So good. Well, I know we play a little bit different here. Mr. Combo is closing the remarks. thing about that is uh, Tuck talks about that he doesn't pull out big boy decks to just try to curb stomp people. Yet me and him pulled out big boy decks thinking that we were going to curb stomp that like nine year old that we oh, showed up on his yeah. deck. The and then he deck. demolished us. Well, his, his was, we, ours were big boy decks. His was like giant boy decks. So 
Oh, okay. Yeah, but anyway, I didn't know uh, there was left different levels to the boys. Yes, exactly. Uh, we they were Homelander. We were like Nightshade or whatever they're called. So yeah. So like I said, not every group does it, but I think we do have an interesting play group in which you know we are trying to get a bunch of games in, and it comes with its own considerations and ideas around that. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up. What's the plane chase? Now in that last segment, Squeed dives into those creative juices with the Weatherland. Back to the Weatherlight Report, coming to you live from Weatherlight Chopper 5. I'm Squee McGee. I'm trolling y'all today. We're talking Mono Green, oh your boy. favorite card in the planet. Thrun, the last troll. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Legendary Troll Shaman. It's a two colorless, two green. Thrun, the last troll, can't be countered. Thrun can't be the target of spells or abilities your opponents control, otherwise known as Wonderful Hexproof, which has now been sullied by the new sets. Y'all can suck it. Go ahead and just keep Hexproof around. And then it has 4-1 colorless and agreed regenerate Thrun. It's a 4-4. I'm already not happy because this is just going to be quest. <laughs> this is just this is just questing beast with more with more hoops to run through. So I I at all. I, uh, I, just Voltron. How are you yeah, mad at Voltron? Because it's this is a, mono green Voltron. Well, yeah, what is Questing Beast? Also mono green Voltron. You're, it's repeating the same deck. They both cost the same mana. It's not, it's not Questing Beast. Whatever, whatever, man. Well, you know what? Whatever, bro. In good news, Tuck is rubbing his uh, his temples. He's upset. I'm like a bald spot right here because, like, when I was working Dude, in IT, I was just like this. Or I was recruiting nonstop. Questing Beast doesn't have hexproof. No, that infinitely makes Thrun better. What? That the hexproof part. Questing Beast doesn't have it. You weren't here for this Questing Beast argument. I already, I have already made this argument, and I refuse to make failed. it again. You failed. Questing Beast is a beast. It's a great card. Hey, Tuck, do or do not, there is no try. Yeah. What, all right, what's our first card? So first and foremost, I want to just make sure, as this is a Voltron deck, that we are protecting our commander as proactively as we can. Uh, so we got Hexproof. Can't be countered. Can be regenerated. More importantly, we need to figure out what to do to keep it from getting sacrificed. So I'm talking about, and I've talked about this before, but I'm going to talk about it again because this card is going to go up in price. Guarantee it. Watch yourselves. Taruju Preserver. One Good color in a green. Creature Elf Shaman. It's a... Oh, right. Yeah, it's a rare. Spells and abilities your opponent's control can't cause you to sacrifice permanence. That's why this card's going to go up in price. It's in green. You can play this in a ton of decks. And I'm not just talking creatures. Permanence. They can't cause you to sacrifice lands, artifacts, nothing. This card is amazing. Yeah, sure, it can get board wiped by whatever slew of board wipes are out there. I don't really care. For two mana, if you can have a creature come out as a 2-1 just as itself, to cause you to be immune to sacrificing, do it. The reason that this is what two dollars or three dollars to me is unknown. I do not understand. <laughs> Grand Abolisher is well, like eight or ten bucks. This is so much, mm. and, and I yeah. know there are different effects, but this is in the Grand Abolisher realm of what I would consider to be a really, really useful commander card that people aren't playing very often. 
Yeah, and I mean, I think we can all speak collectively of how powerful the your opponents can't make you sacrifice effect is, considering frenemy Dan has a Sigarda deck. Mm -hmm. and Oh, it's so like, good. She has Hexproof, and oh, I'll just make you sack it. No, I won't. It's just like, well, screw me sideways, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's, there's it, it, it is a spearhead end to a lot of people's strategies that they don't think about. And when you put a card like this on the board, their deck ends it doesn't go anywhere um so i, I think this one is criminally undervalued yeah, really I'd, I'd say scoop them up this card's fantastic play it in any green deck that you have it, it's not a staple but it's a i'd call it in my opinion a standard be a standard um i i think it's a good standard to have in magic the gathering uh, I'm going to talk about one more standard after this, and then I'm going to get out of the regular rigmarole, but I'm talking about Rancor because, God damn it, this card's so good in here. Yeah. Uh, so, so as good. Voltron, Enchantment Aura, it's an uncommon. Enchant Creature, Enchanted Creature gets plus two plus zero as Trample, and then when Rancor is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, return Rancor towards the owner's hand. Uh, so essentially you can use this on your commander and just rinse and repeat your commander doesn't go anywhere this doesn't go anywhere you always have a buff on your commander it's wonderful also gives your commander trample and then I'm going to go into a couple more effects that I think will pair well with said Rancor and I just found out I was going to say that the only reason that this card sucks is because of this but it turns out it even rules even more it even has a gold border version <laughs> Great Which card. is probably more expensive than the regular card. Oh, guaranteed it. <laughs> guaranteed. I'm so upset. Oh wow. Well, let's let's order Mr. Combo some gold boarded gold boarded. Why is it every time we record news and brews, at least one of the episodes, you guys do something to literally just make me say, "This makes me so upset." That's part of the shtick, right? I think it's yeah. I think it's just easy. Yeah. When the list when the list you, is forty you're items easy. long, it's kind of hard I to avoid. Got, I only got two targets other than myself. I don't like to target myself that often, so I gotta pick you or Tuck. You know, I got Tuck with the questing beast. I get you with the rancor and the gold border. Tuck gets you with the good. It's 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 a circle, or sorry, a triangle. It's a triangle. A parabola mystery. All right, what we got? What we got next? Let's get All out right. of the. Let's get out of the staples. We're we're, we're talking non staples now. Ram through mm -hmm. it's a common it's an instant one colors one green target creature you control deals damage equal to its power to target creature you don't control here's where rancor comes in if the creature you control has trample excess damage is dealt to that creature's controller instead that's awesome so New one you run your your commander you beef it up a whole bunch and we'll talk about that with the next card on how you can beef it up a whole bunch um Give it trample and then plow through or ram through as it were, deal a whole lot of damage to somebody. So I'm just gonna skip ahead, just just an essence well, of time. But, oh, but oh, go before ahead. we do that, go ahead. Uh, great thing about ramp through on edhrec.com, a friend of the cast, Oob or Ultra Budget Brews, had an article come out on Ooh. December 31st, 2020, and this was in apparently his top 10 cards of 2020. All right, uh, so nice. you go check out that article. Support it, a friend. It sounds like it sounds like Oob and I need to to. He, he's, got good, he's got a good. He's got a good eye for his, him, his man. budget brews here. Uh, okay. From the same set. 
maybe they were thinking this when they were designing these cards, but I got to talk about the biggest kitty cat that's ever been out there. Mr. Giant, not baby bubble cat, Colossification. <laughs> yeah. He's just a little baby troll. So five colorless, two green, enchantment or it's a rare enchanted creature. When classification enters the battlefield, tap enchanted creature. Enchanted creature gets plus 20 plus 20. Yikes. So you run your rancor. You run your ram through. While you have classification on top of your commander, Dish 20 out to whoever you feel like. Who cares? Not to mention you can still attack and do whatever else you want. Ah, man. Love it. So so basically what I'm hearing is uh, Marketing Ross needs to get with both of you to get you each a classification altered yep. to represent your yep. fat cats. And then you guys need to run <laughs> said fat cat cards in a deck. I Just think close. I need to make a fat cat deck. No, it's perfect because your uh, Reese um, deck is already elf-like and you have elvish features. So it's like you, you start to put cards in there that represent your life. So you throw a Cali in there. The proxy, the proxy yeah, of your life. One. It's like it's like, a, like Command Tower is a picture of your house instead of like the actual art. No, this is perfect because then I can rename the card Calification. Oh. <laughs> Money. For those playing the home game, my fat cat's name is Callie. She's large. Uh, I also have another fat cat named Tux, but he doesn't come out from the ether of the back of the house. He's kind of yeah, he's, he likes to hang out in the multi. He likes to hang out. In it, the and actually, the artwork kind of looks a little bit like Callie. So you know, we're we're on the <laughs> right track. And yes, if you guys were curious, Callie is short for California because that's the size that she is. Uh, <laughs> she she might be larger than California. It's just. <laughs> Just potentially. I she tries to sit in my lap and like her feet sit on my knees and her other feet sit on my chest next to my neck. It is she is a not just fat, but just a large large cat. Uh Incredible. we'll give her plus twenty plus twenty. Well, that's all I got on this. I think it could be interesting. Nobody can really touch your commander. You beef it up. There's a million ways to do that in green. Yep. I didn't talk about your triumphs and your overwhelming stampedes and all your other crap that you can do for fun. No need. Uh, why not overwhelming stampede while you got a classification on the board? How's that feel? Do it the old-fashioned way. Yeah. Well, I'll kick it back to the Action 4 News Desk with Mr. Combo and Big Tuck. Thank you for staying with us, and as always, remember the great giveaways from CMD Tower and Level 1 Game Shop by retweeting, subscribing, following, liking, sharing, and placing orders at level1gameshop.com. Another way to support your new team instead of our Patreon, patreon.com slash CMD Tower. With reward tiers for all the budgets, there is a way that you, the collective, can help. And of course, don't forget about our awesome referral program. If you're an existing patron, get a friend or anyone really to sign up for the community. Have them message us uh, that they uh, got referred to it by you and we'll send you some free swag. If you guys can't do a monthly, but you would like to pick up some swag, still head over to cmdtower.com slash merch. We sell our play mat, our mat sleeves, and all of our tokens on there as well. You can stay in touch with your MTG Action 4 News team by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and our website, cmdtower.com. You can communicate directly with your team at cmdtower, at Mr. Number 5 all spelled out except for the 5, at Dear Squee, at Big Tuck Tweeting, from your MTG Action 4 News team. Good meow, good meow, good meow, <laughs> and good meow.